You're listening to the Discipleship for Busy Blokes podcast with host Nick Whitten. We're in conversation with ordinary blokes from all walks of life working out what it means to follow Jesus Christ. The podcast is a part of Empower, which is a global ministry serving the men of the Elim Pentecostal movement and beyond. We see men everywhere as having the potential to become a great band of brothers. And we look out for each other, encourage each other, and challenge each other to be the best and most whole version of ourselves that Jesus has in mind for us. You can find this podcast on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and more. Just search Elim Empower to find us. We publish a devotional email called Fuel for the Week straight to your email on a Monday morning at 6am to encourage and challenge you in your faith. If you are not already receiving these, please type empower.zone into your browser to find us and do sign up. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Just search Elim Empower. Join in the conversation, gents, and get yourselves connected in. You are very welcome to be a part of things. Discipleship for Busy Blokes. It's my great pleasure to welcome Maldwin Jones to Discipleship for Busy Blokes podcast. Thank you. Melbourne, would you just take a moment just to introduce yourself uh, to the listeners and tell them a, a bit about yourself and your family? Certainly. My name is um, Melvin Jones. Um, I'm 72 years of age. I have been an Elam minister for 54 years. And uh, I'm married to Ruth, and we have uh, three children, uh, two girls and a boy, and two lovely grandchildren who are twins. I'm a Welshman. I was born in North Wales in a little village called Dolredin, just outside the town of Blenifestinog, and um, brought up in a Welsh-speaking family. Couldn't speak English until I was gone seven, when the family moved from North Wales down to South Wales. Uh, I became a Christian at the age of uh, 14 and a half, and other things, well, it'll develop as we as we talk. So you said that you've been a minister now for, uh, what was it, 54 years? 54 years, yes. The early years were very difficult. You were sent in those days to um, uh, small churches and you were literally on your own. But uh, over the years, I've pastored a number of our churches. I suppose the three most significant ones would be Plymouth, uh, the Ulster Temple, Belfast, and Sally Oak in Birmingham. You're somebody with a huge amount of ministerial experience. You've seen all sorts of pastoral situations. What, what sort of issues are men facing today in 2020? And, you know, what have you noticed about about what men have to deal with or how they think or the way they react to things? I think there are two major things that come to mind and they are closely connected to each other. One is is the whole area of mental health. I believe that men find it a lot harder to cope uh, with um, mental health issues, depression, anxiety, etc., than women do. I think because it is considered to be, um, if you like, unmanly, for a, a man to um, face up to uh, mental health problems, they don't talk about it. That's a huge issue. I have empathy for that because at the age of uh, 27, I think I was, I had quite a, a serious nervous breakdown that meant I was off work for three or four months. 
you know, it was uh, it was very difficult. And the most difficult thing that I had to face was when my GP advised me to see a psychiatrist. And that went totally against the grain for me. I wasn't prepared to accept that. But he said to me, he said, um, well, I'll make sure that you are referred to someone who is used to dealing with ministers. And that made me realize that there were others like me in that same situation. So I think mental health issues are a real problem and will increase as a result of the present crisis that we're experiencing uh, due to the pandemic. Men will, uh, will have problems uh, going back to work, coping with them. Uh, some will have been laid off. You know, these are, are huge issues for them. So that's the, the, the first one. A reflection back on, on what you've said there, really, is that'll be quite a relief, I think, for men to hear you say that. I mean, my heart with the podcast is that ordinary gents get a chance to listen in on a conversation and hear things that might help them and provide them with encouragement. Mental health for men is it's almost like a taboo subject. You know, you have to have it together in your mind as a man, yeah. or if you don't, you're seen as a weakling or you're seen as unable to cope. And, uh, you know, there's not much kudos for a man in that, is there? Um, no, there isn't. And I, there isn't. Did you find just just to pursue that a little bit with you, if if you don't mind? Did you find that the talking sessions with the psychiatrist help you? Yes, yes, it did. But uh, there were other factors that were a, a help to me as well. My wife was a tremendous help to me. She didn't in any way minimise the problems that I was facing. But neither did she allow me to just sink into a morass of, um, of depression. She made sure that I was doing something. Uh, we had, uh, we had a, an elderly lady in the church who was a, a very good friend of ours, and my wife was working full-time. And so of a morning, I would go down to our friend's house, Connie, where for most of the morning I slept. Then my wife would come and pick me up from there. And then she would make sure that I did something positive. And what helped me was that the church at, at the that I was in at the time uh, were doing a building project. Now, I am the most useless person when it comes to DIY. I, I hadn't a clue on putting things together, but I found that I was pretty good with a hammer. So I did laboring work in the church for about six weeks. And that helped me so much because I, I worked hard during the day, went home at night and I slept. And so doing something totally different to what I did for a living was was a, a tremendous help to me. It sounds as though you had like a routine and you had something physical to do as well. Yes, you know, I which, did. And you also felt useful as well, too, because I think part of the mental health problem with men is often it often has a root uh, source yeah. in not feeling useful, doesn't it? It does. One of the things that I have battled 
throughout my ministry, I think, is the whole issue of self-confidence and of uh, a sense of value. I used to feel the need of recognition uh, when that was denied me in any in any form i would find myself going into a, a slough of despondency uh, thinking you know i'm no good and i i battled with that for most of my life but it was in the i would say the last 20 years of my ministry uh, no last 15 years of my pastorate in Selly Oak uh, that helped me get over that. I, I'm, I'm confident in myself. And again, that has been down in no small part to an amazing wife who has stood with me and has loved me throughout the difficulties and the, and the problems that I face. I knew, of course, that Jesus loved me, but to know also that I was loved by this amazing woman who had agreed to become my wife uh, was a, a tremendous help to me over the years. Maldwin, you, you also mentioned that um, in addition to mental health, you perceived a second thing maybe that men yes, struggle with. It's, it's connected with that. And that is the horrendous levels of suicide that occurs especially amongst young men. There's a town called Bridgend in South Wales where over a period of three years there was something like more than a dozen young men in a town of no more than 25,000 that committed suicide. And I, I think that is, um, that's a huge issue, particularly with young men. That does follow on from the first issue, yes, which is does. the link is very strong, which is if you're not getting help with those mental health issues or able to surface those out and and divert those in a healthy way or, or come through that, the, the logical progression for some would be that they will continue on down and down and down until a place of complete yes. despair, isn't it? it? Yes, it is. From your experience of, of those two particular issues for, for mental health and for suicide, where do you think men could find help from the Bible? The greatest thing, if you're a, a young Christian man struggling with mental health issues and with depression, you need to realise that God loves you and accepts you for who you are and as you are. Now, that doesn't mean to say uh, that he doesn't want you to change or to improve but it's a realization and an, and an understanding that God accepts me. And it's important to get a, a sense of personal worth. The fact that God loves you and, and you matter to him. That more than anything else has helped me throughout the ministry. I have a personal mission text for my life that has been with me ever since I was in Bible college. And it's Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. And I'm going to quote this from the authorized version because that is how I learned it. And Paul writes these words, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection 
and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And it is knowing Christ, the knowledge of him, is the overriding factor in my life. There's not a day goes by that I don't think at some time or another, in some way or another, about that verse, knowing Christ. That's something that I think guys do find in their natural selves quite hard to accept, I think, because many, many men are wired to do and to fix and to get out and get things done. And yet there's this very strong message from the Word of God that it's about acceptance first, doing second. Um, yes. You know, so and this is mirrored in Jesus's own ministry, isn't it? Because, you know, he doesn't do anything. And, and yet he hears at his own baptism the voice of the father coming down from heaven saying, you know, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And he's not done a thing. And then That's and right. then from that place, he goes off and does all this ministry. And I, and I think that pattern is so helpful for men to hear, isn't it? It is. I think it's the importance of self-discovery, understanding who you are and coming to terms with that. One of the great problems that I face is that my father died when I was just 14 months old. And in those days, in a little village in North Wales, for a child to be without a father was a very, very unusual thing. I was known in the village as the little boy without a dad. That was okay, I managed it as a youngster, but when I reached my teenage years, I particularly missed having a dad. Um, I have no one to um, help me in the things that boys would learn from their, from their dads. Things like using your hands to, to do practical work around the house. I had no one to, to help me in that sense. And so I felt, and I still do to this day, I felt I missed out on a hugely important area of my life in that I didn't have a dad. Do you think that your journey in faith has done something to replace any of that over the years that you've, you've known the Lord? Yes, it is the understanding of the fact that God is my father. So the fatherhood of God, to me, has been a vital factor and experience in my life. And also having older men who have, no one can replace your dad, but there are people that can come alongside you and, and help you. And I've had older guys and uh, fellows my own age, friendships that I formed in Bible college that have been a real help and an asset to me in that respect. People like Wynne Lewis, who was our former general superintendent, Wynne particularly was very, very helpful to me. Len Cowdery, another one of our ministers and a member of the executive council, was a great encouragement and a great mentor to me. So I've always appreciated that, and um, members of church sessions in Plymouth, uh, Ron and Gordon Nichols, 
were a, a, a great help to me. And in Belfast, Cecil Black, the church secretary, was hugely influential to me there. And in Selly Oak, we had um, a, a member of the church there who was um, the secretary of the church for many years, Harry Manning. But for some reason, he was always known throughout the church as Blackie. And um, Blackie was was just tremendous. He was a, a great help to me. And so it's men like that. And then I've, I've had uh, friends, pastoral friends, that have, uh, have been hugely important to me throughout my years in ministry. And can I say, sorry, I'm going on a bit, but um, can I say, um, Nick, that uh, people like yourself have been um, a great encouragement to me also from the point of view that you have felt that I have something valid to contribute and uh, have been ready to receive any help or any advice that I can give. And it's very much a, a two-way street when I would be in a position where I would listen to yourself and any ideas and suggestions that you would have, um, I would jump on and, and, and listen to. Sorry I've gone on a bit, but no, uh, not you at did all. ask me a leading question. <laughs> not at all, and it's very kind of you to say, and it, it's, it's a pleasure to have uh, input from someone with your wisdom and experience, Melbourne, it really is. One of the things that you said naturally leads me on to sort of a, another thing I just want to touch base with you on before we finish. How would you counsel maybe a gent who feels, you know, perhaps through their experience or history feels a bit fatherless, uh, maybe disconnected? What would be some practical steps that they could take to get a bit more connected? Is there any practical advice you could give on that? Yes, it's allowing people to... Uh input your life, but that can only be done on the basis of relationships. And I believe here that older men have a great responsibility to try and help younger men. In Plymouth, I meet up with a group of about 12 young lads from the church. They would be between the ages of, of 17 and 21. We'll meet about once every six weeks. I'll get in some pizzas for them. I've never seen guys eat like these guys, mind. <laughs> you know, uh, I think they, they demolished 12 20-inch pizzas um, between them in, in, in a matter of about half an hour. It was uh, incredible to see them eat. <laughs> but that is an initiative I took upon myself just to meet with these guys and to talk to them as a father would. And they have been very, very receptive to that. I would say the first thing that they would need to do is to look out for somebody in the church that's a bit older than them, that can relate to them. And so because I was fatherless, it's always been a, a great drive of mine to get alongside young guys. Some of them would have dads around, others wouldn't. But I've always tried to, to minister into young men on a personal note like that. 
I think that's very encouraging to hear because I think, you know, in addition to uh, the mental health and the suicide things that you've so rightly raised, I think fatherlessness and not having a, a man around for you when you're growing up is such a prevalent experience for so many yes. for so many men today, isn't it? Maldwin, I just wanted to uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast. And if it's okay with you, I'm going to draw it to a close there. Um, That's fine. Um, we often play a game at the end of the podcast with the random categories, but we've really talked on some quite serious things today. And I, I just don't think it's so appropriate, really. Um, but would you be kind enough to pray for gents listening? Is that okay? Certainly I would. Thank you so much. Our Father, we thank you that we can address you as our Father. And some of the things we've talked about on this podcast today have real implications in the lives of some of the guys that would be listening to this podcast. Some would be in a position that I was in, growing up without a father about the house. Um, some would be going through problems of depression and self-loathing. I pray, Lord, that everyone listening to this podcast today will have a real understanding of their worth and their value in God's eyes. They may have been written off by people who would have said, you'll never amount to anything, or there are uh, issues in your life that you'll never cope with. We thank you, Lord, that with you by our side, Anything and everything is possible. So I pray for uh, these men that will be listening to this podcast today and commit them to your care and to your love. So, Father, we ask your blessing upon us. Guide us and protect our thoughts throughout this day and the days to come. Amen. Amen.